Hi, this is Delcina with Keeping It Fit for Life. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I look forward to us both growing together as we go through this journey of learning new habits and skills that will help improve both our fitness and our health for life. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so glad you're here. You really, 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 really made my day. Guess what we're going to talk about today? Ooh, something that I know you all want. We all need it. We all want it. When we were teenagers, that's all we could think about. And when we would get it, oh my goodness gracious, couldn't get enough of it. As we got older and got more experience, we really understood the value of it, but you just can't get enough. What am I talking about? <laughs> sleep. That's what I'm talking about. Sleep. You and I are not getting nearly enough as much as we really need. If your body is showing a plateau or if you notice that you haven't gotten better or you're getting a little bit more accident prone and having more injuries and you're not seeing the muscle mass that you want to see or you're not seeing the weight loss that you want to see it could be because of your sleep that's right a lot of people really take sleep for granted i mean but why your body naturally wants to shut down at a certain time of the day but we in our all-encompassing wisdom and our modern technology try to eke out every single tiny bit of the day that we possibly can. And believe me, I am talking to myself. I try to squeeze out every little bit as much as I possibly can, get up super, super early, and then try to go to bed late, and then wonder why I can't think straight the next day, or why I'm just bumbling around, or trying to take cat naps at traffic lights. And that is not safe for anybody, especially the next person in the street beside me. So why is it that we're not getting enough sleep? Well, we think that there's so much more that we can do and that we're going to be able to get done. But in actuality, we're not doing so well because sleep is so critical in our lives. A study was done recently in the uh, Annals of Internal Medicine, hmm, cute name, and they showed that the average person was getting less than 5.5 hours of sleep per night. And you know what the recommended amount of sleep is? Well, the recommended amount of sleep is seven to eight hours. And a lot of you out there are saying, oh, there's no way I can get seven to eight hours of sleep. Well, it depends on how much of a priority put on it. Because believe me, we as humans, we will do whatever it is we think is important enough to do. That's the issue. Many of us don't think that sleep is super important. But with this study of people who got about 5.5 hours of sleep per night, they lost 55% less body fat and 60% more calorie burning muscle mass than individuals who slept 8.5 hours. I mean, think about that. So for those who slept less than six hours a night, they were actually losing 55% less fat and more lean muscle mass consider, you know, compared to people who are getting regular sleep. I mean, that seems like a really simple advantage to try to take up, take, right? If you're getting more sleep, then you might have a chance 
of losing more body fat and maintain lean muscle mass? Well, it's not just that simple. One of the things about sleep that I've learned in the past few years is that sleep, well, let me change that. Not in the past few years. I've known how important sleep is, especially back in the olden days when my friends and I, we used to bodybuild. Now, we knew how important it was to get a good night's sleep because we always knew sleep is the time in which the body repairs from all the damage you've done all day. And when it comes to breaking down muscle tissue in order to build it back up so you can get lean and ripped and shredded, you need to make sure that you are getting enough rest. Because think about it, if you're up and about, you're walking, your body is, you know, pumping oxygen throughout your, you know, through your blood and you're using your muscles, your body is in a state of constant movement. And then you're working out, that's even more movement. So at what point is it supposed to rest to send all those little contractors and builders to the muscles to repair? Well, it's during the sleep cycle. That's why it's so critical. And the harder you work, guess what? The more sleep you need. That's why teenagers need so much sleep because they're in the growth phase of their life, right? They're growing, they're getting taller by the minute and by the day. And so their bodies need that additional sleep to build this new human being that's gonna be six foot tall or you know whatever the case is. So sleep is really critical and to bring it down to a little bit more of a scientific knowledge, when we are sleeping, there are two hormones that play tandem to one another. One is called the hormone leptin, and the other is called the hormone ghrelin. Now, more and more research is being done recently about those two hormones and how they play against each other. In the simplest terms, the hormone leptin decreases your ability to burn fat. Okay, so, and they're trying to create some pills based on this new information. Well, new, but not so new information. We'll see how that comes along because every time they try to create a supplement or a pill to bypass what we should normally be doing as healthy adults, it never really works well or there's all kinds of crazy side effects. But anyway, back to leptin. So when you don't get enough sleep, your body produces more leptin. And leptin is secreted through the fat cells. So if you think about it, you have more fat cells and the more fat cells you have, your body pushes out more leptin, the less sleep you get, it just creates this circular cycle of decreasing your body's ability to get rid of fat. Then the other controversial or contrasting hormone is the hormone called ghrelin. Ghrelin increases your level of hunger. And ironically, the more fit and active, the less fat you have, your body decreases that hormone called ghrelin to make you want to eat to support the physical activity and the exercise that you're outputting. Now, well, our body tells us that we need to eat, but our brain should tell us what types of food we should eat to support that new growth and development. And then when you have that new growth and development, then you should get the rest that you need somewhere between seven and eight hours so that your body does not produce more of the leptin, which will make you store more body fat. I mean, it sounds a little complicated and, you know, it's almost like a tongue twister, but really the key is getting enough sleep. 
so that when you sleep, your body can go to work building lean muscle tissue, not storing as much body fat, and providing the energy you need to tackle the next day. And when you have the energy you need to tackle the next day and your body isn't storing as much body fat, you can then again burn even more calories. It's kind of like a disadvantage to those who follow through with our natural body sleep cycle and wake cycle. When you don't get enough sleep, you're also decreasing your carbohydrate tolerance. You're also increasing or decreasing your insulin sensitivity. So with less sleep, what's actually happening is your body is not able to properly process carbohydrates for energy and instead shuttles that carbohydrate once it's broken down into fat cells. Again, creating more of a fat body. And then, of course, you're reducing your body's ability to recover because it doesn't have the time through sleep to repair the muscle tissue. Now, if that's not enough to convince you that sleep is important, mm, you basically don't want to help yourself. Seriously. Because if you know that sleep can help you to lose fat and sleep can help you to build more lean muscle mass and sleep can help you to think clearer the next day, and sleep can help you to have more energy, then why wouldn't we do it? What excuse is there? Okay, you got a lot of work to do, you've got children, et cetera, et cetera, but you can find ways to increase your sleep habit. Now, I'm not talking about, okay, you sleep four hours, now you're gonna just double it to eight hours. That's gonna totally throw your whole lifestyle out of whack, but you can start by slowly adding some things into your lifestyle that are going to promote better sleep. One of those is not having coffee or any caffeinated type of beverages after 2 p.m. Now, that's give or take, depending on your caffeine sensitivity. Myself, I'm really sensitive to caffeine. I can drink three cups maybe in the daytime, but if I drink it after 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it's going to affect my sleep. So you have to judge that for yourself. Then, of course, limiting alcohol consumption. I know, we think alcohol makes you relax and feel good and all that good stuff, but it sort of works in against us because alcohol, one, for example, glass of wine, may help you to relax a little bit. But once you've had more than one glass of wine in the evening, it actually keeps your brain awake. So you start feeling a little bit sleepy, but you won't stay asleep and you won't have sound sleep. And if you're not having sound sleep, you're not allowing your body's hormones to go to work. So you have to limit the amount of alcohol that you're having. And we've all heard this next one too, reducing your exposure to electronic devices. You know that blue light coming from your laptop or your iPhone or your tablet disturbs the sleep pattern in our brain waves. So it's important to try to reduce that about 60 to 30 minutes prior to going to sleep so that your brain can, and your body can begin to naturally shut down. And then if you have a lot of ideas running through your head and your mind is always super, super busy, like mine is, it's a good idea to have a little notepad by you and kind of write down everything that you're thinking about, all your plans, your ideas, your brainstorms on a little notepad so that you have put them to bed also and your mind can go to bed too. Another one that's really good to do if you want to start new habits 
is create some sort of a ritual around going to bed. Say you turn off the devices, you black out the room, you have some chamomile tea, maybe you light a nice warming candle or something with some lavender, or you take a nice lavender bath if you have that. I know some friends who have to have their bath every night. You know, some kind of routine that your body kind of starts to know, oh wow, we're getting ready to relax, shut down, and your body can really have good, deep sleep. Believe me, you will be so grateful. And all the people around you are gonna notice it, your husband, your wife, your spouse, your kids, because you'll be less irritable, you'll have more energy, and you're gonna burn more of that fat, fat, fat. And that's what we all want, right? We want to get rid of the fat, have more lean muscle mass. So for today's lesson, do what? Get more sleep. You know you want it. We all want it. And we can all do it in the bed. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you take my advice. I'd love to hear from you. Anytime you have suggestions or recommendations on topics that I should bring to you, I'd love to hear them. And if you want to check out any information as we update and work on our website, it's fitforlifeptllc.com. And you can also check out my new nutrition coaching from Precision Nutrition. You can check that out at www.procoach.app slash delcina. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I really enjoy spending time with you. And remember, if you want any additional information on what we spoke about today or any questions relating to health and fitness, please search for me on www.fitforlifeptllc or on my new coaching site, which is www.procoach.app slash Delcina. I'm always found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And once again, thank you so much. Have a beautiful and healthy day. Can you sleep yourself skinny? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, it's possible if you didn't try it you might be surprised. Today I'm going to bring to you some information about stress, sleep, and the relationship it has to fat loss. There's a study that's been done by Precision Nutrition, and I want to bring that information to you. It's been written by Helen Colias, and it's going to be very interesting to see what information has come out from this. Now, sleep hygiene is a set of habits you have around your sleep. You can just sit in bed watching your favorite program while drinking a big cup of coffee one minute and expect to nod off the next or even in the next hour. You need to set up an environment that facilitates sleeping. You need to chase your sleep. You know how it is when you purposely want to accomplish a specific task. You set yourself up for the environment that's going to make it more conducive. That's going to make it more likely to happen. Well, when it comes to sleep, and many of us have a difficult time with finding sleep, that's the same thing you need to do. But too often we have habits that are contradicting to sleep or contraindicating to sleep. We stay up late at night, we watch all types of screens or television or television watches us like my mother does, and then we find it difficult to be able to fall asleep or even stay asleep. 
So here are a list of good sleep hygiene practices that you may want to try. Don't consume caffeine, cigarettes, or other stimulants such as decongestants late in the day. Many folks find that any caffeine after noon is a problem. And I know what some of you caffeine drinkers are thinking out there, I can drink all kinds of caffeine and it's not going to affect me. Well, in reality, it really does. For except for towards getting your deep REM sleep at night. So just try it and see what happens. Another thing you can do is don't drink alcohol in the evening. It sedates you at first, but then screws up your sleep rhythm, leading to worse sleep. So for example, one glass of wine may help to relax you, but then if you have more than that, two or three, you will fall asleep, but you'll find that you won't be able to stay asleep. Get a regular sleep schedule. Try to go to bed and get up roughly about the same time. That gives your body a rhythm that it can follow consistently. It allows your mind to begin to shut down because it knows that at a certain time of the evening you're going to be putting it to rest and then allows your mind to begin to start to wake back up at a regular time because it knows that's the time to brighten up and start the day. Exercise regularly but not too close to bedtimes. Save the tough adrenaline pumping workouts for earlier in the day. So for example, if you want to do some type of yoga exercises towards the evening or stretching activities towards the evening or even foam rolling activities to kind of, you know, get those kinks out of your sore muscles towards the evening, those are great activities to do. Or moderate walking activity on a treadmill, something like that but don't you don't necessarily want to do your high intensity interval training right before bed or get into a high energy zumba workout right before bed or your quad blasting workout right before bed that's going to disrupt your ability to stay sleeping throughout the night and then one more thing as far as your sleep do an active relaxation process don't just expect it to happen but build relaxation practices into your day. And I'm gonna give you a few examples about that. I found that I can strength train closer to bedtime without affecting my sleep, but after any type of metabolic training, sort of like circuit, soccer, basketball, intervals, or general aerobics, I need to give myself at least four to six hours in order to unwind. So a regular, you know, leg workout or regular chest workout or back or biceps is fine but if you're going to do it like a circuit or a high interval like we said you're going to need to give yourself a little bit more time before your body can unwind so some of the things you want to try to do in order to unwind are things like turn off your computer your tv your cell phones and any other devices with a screen at least an hour before bed if an hour seems to be too much try at least 30 minutes Really, it will make a world of a difference towards you being able to fall asleep and being able to stay asleep. Try not to watch TV in bed. I know that most of us have a TV in our room, myself included, and we like to watch TV while we're in bed. Okay, so if you watch TV and you're in bed, that's fine, but try to avoid doing it just shortly before going to bed. And you know, having a TV in your room can kind of kill your love life too. So you may want to start practicing not doing it in the evening. 
Also, try to get up at the same time every day, even on the weekends. I know we try to catch up on our sleep on the weekends, but in reality, you can't really catch up on sleep. And if any of you like me, if I try to sleep longer on the weekends, maybe an hour or two is not too bad. But if I try, if I normally get up, say, at 5.30 in the mornings, and then I try to sleep in the weekends till 10 o'clock, I find that I get up with a slight headache. It's irregular. It's not part of my normal routine. And my body just doesn't deal with it well. You may have the same thing. Something else you can practice before going to bed is taking a warm bath that helps to relax your body, your mind, your attitude just before going to bed. You want to keep your home a degree or two cooler at night too. I love going to bed when the house is nice and crisp, not like an ice box, but it's crisp enough so that when I get underneath the covers, it feels all toasty and warm and I don't want to get out of bed. So I'm kind of forcing my body to just kind of shut down and get ready for sleeping. Most rec- experts recommend about 69 degrees for the thermostat in order for you to sleep well. And then you also want to keep the room really dark or use a sleep mask to block out any type of light. Because even though your eyes are closed, your eyelids are sensitive to movement and light when it's in your environment. Now, these recommendations, they're not too crazy, right? They're not too restrictive. So with a few exceptions, maybe, you know, the regular bathing at night, you may not be able to do that every night. Try to create or use some of these habits towards your sleep patterns. So remember, keep it dark, no TV, no Starbucks or Diet Coke before bed, and go to sleep and get up at around the same time and keep it cooler at night. And try all of those things to sleep if your sleep habits are better and you'll be able to get more than four hours, more than five hours of sleep each time. Now, having a good sleep hygiene practice is going to reduce your stress and reducing your stress and your screen time is closely related to the the type of sleep that you get after all most people will say they don't sleep well because they're stressed right and or because they're doing other things right before bed usually playing on Facebook or video games or checking emails or checking work and that those type of activities all contribute to stress So you want to try to eliminate or decrease those activities right before bed so that you can have better sleep, reduce the stress in your life so that it can help you to reduce weight. Now, let me tell you about a study that was done that showed how reducing stress and improving sleep led to weight loss. There was a study of over 470 obese volunteers that had a body body mass index of 30 to 50, all right? Everybody was given a list of eight targets for a six-month weight loss intervention. So the eight targets were this. They were to eat about 500 fewer calories per day than they were currently consuming, eat a healthy, low-fat diet rich in fruits and vegetables, exercise at a moderate intensity most days, increase their activity until they were exercising 30 to 60 minutes on most days, at least 180 minutes per week. They were to record everything they ate and drank every day, record their minutes of exercise every day, and set a short-term goal and create action plans to reach their goals. 
and attend all group sessions. Now, the participants met weekly for 90 minutes in groups of 20 to 25. The group leaders did exercise and nutrition demonstrations and taught skills such as problem solving, social support, prevention planning, calorie awareness, goal settings, things like this that helped them to build in lifestyle skills over a period of time. Now, this is one of the studies that I've seen that tries to get the volunteers involved in the process by using goal setting, action plans, and daily self records. Being involved in the process usually leads to a better long-term results. There's no quick fix. There's no instant um, drastic, dramatic changes to their diet or their physical or daily activities. It's just smaller um, habits that they have to create over a period of time that they learn to manage on their own. And then by the group training or the coaching, they learn to find skills that help them to deal with it. So here were the results of that study. Um, so some days it tells you, oh, let's see, let's see, let me read it here. Um, in an exercise of diet studies, they had to measure their weight and their lifestyle changes on a scale. Now I usually tell you not to weigh yourself on a scale on a regular basis, but for this study they had to do that to see what changes would happen over time. Now the scale measures can sometimes be not as effective, you know that, but they had to use it so that they could know what were the changes. Now the measured body fat was more accurate so they needed time and people that were very well trained in doing that body fat changes in comparison to measurements on the weight and the scale. Now, let's take a look at what the study found. In this study, participants lost 13.9 pounds of weight. They had measured body fat and researchers would likely have seen more actual fat pounds lost and muscle pounds gained if I had done just body fat, but they did just the scale weight. And it wasn't very impressive, but when you think about it, um, these people lost at least 14 to 20 pounds just by creating small little changes for a period of time that reduced their stress, increased their knowledge, and allowed them to make small daily incremental changes over a period of times. Now you say, well, that's not a whole lot, you know, 14, 15 pounds in a six month time frame. Well, 